on into Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. 989 FM, 1340 AM at HW Sports at Tom Barton Sports over on X. And I said it, Tom Barton Sports. That means my co-host of over 12 years. Tom did the research. It's 12 years now. Mr. Tom Barton. Tommy, we are on this weekend and next weekend as we crown a new football champion for the 2023 season. Yeah, and Tim, let me correct you. It's going on 13. We've entered 13 with the uh, 2014 coming. So we haven't actually hit it, but we're uh, heading into it. It's it, Look, the NFL is here. Um, the NFL Super Bowl fever is here. And I'm not feeling the lull, Tim. You know, often we, we get that Super Bowl week lull. I don't feel that lull this year. There's not a lot of, look, you could get into the Taylor Swift stuff. I'm not going to get into that. Who cares, right? Um, but there's not a lot of distractions this year where it's almost all about the game. We know the Taylor Swift stuff. I don't want to downgrade what that is, but I'm somebody that doesn't care. Every year it seems that there's someone to get in trouble, somebody making a bonehead, and there's plenty of time for that. Right. But somebody making a bonehead move, somebody doing this. All I hear people talking about is the point spread, where it's going, and the matchups. And it's one of those games where I do believe we are getting a game that is dividing the public. Take away your emotions, how you like the teams. I think it's dividing the public. You asked uh, 100 sports fans, 100 football fans that are real fans, who do you think is going to win this game? You're going to get 50-50, and you're getting compelling arguments on both sides. I mean, there is that. And I like that. I like that we are focused on football. We are focused on X's and O's of the game. And maybe a little distraction from a pop singer. Outside of that, I like that it's about football, Tim. And we are in the lull, they call it, you know, of the week. And I haven't felt the lull. I'm still excited for the game. I'm pumped up for the game. I don't have a team in the game. I don't have a futures play in the game. And I'm pumped up for it because it is purely about X's and O's. Yeah, they call it the dead week. There's a lot of uh, grandstanding at times. A lot of, as you said, in past seasons, years, there's been shenanigans going on. But I think they kind of got it down to where it should be. And you're looking at two veteran teams, teams that have been in this situation. And uh, we're looking forward for a great football game next weekend here in Las Vegas. And they've already started out here, Tom, with the Super Bowl preparations. Uh, I'm sure you've seen some pictures and everything of the strips getting dolled up with all the Super Bowl logos. You have uh, the Spheres got that going on. Obviously, Allegiant Stadium all decked out. They've, they've started building the entrances. So there's, I saw at least seven different entrances to Allegiant Stadium other than what they had before. So it's going to be a spectacle for sure. And that's that's how it is for Vegas, Tommy. It's, it's become an entertainment thing as well as a sports thing. Yeah, I mean, look, you're going to get um... – the idea of people that haven't been to Vegas in 10, 15, 20 years. You're going to get the idea of, oh, man, someone's going to get in trouble there. Someone's going to – it's a different town. I say it all the time. And, I mean, anybody that lived there, you guys know. It's a different town. It's not that problematic situation as it once was. It's luxury. It's fine dining. You can do things that aren't in the casino or, in, you know, getting yourself in trouble in different ways. And I think that people are kind of waiting for that shoe to drop. With that being said – I want your opinion on this, Tim, because it's a controversial opinion. When I say it, when it leaves my lips, there will be a lot of haters bashing me immediately. So I need you to to sort of verify or not verify what I'm going to say. 
because I don't necessarily have an opinion about it because I'm not sitting right next to you today. There is a lot of chatter. And I'm not just talking about on Twitter or Facebook. A lot of chatter just in the communities and around town uh, that Las Vegas is a one-and-done Super Bowl town. It is not built for the Super Bowl. It is too congested. Writers are being put up in the Excalibur. They're annoyed about that. By the way, I stay at the Excalibur many, many times. I don't care. Um, But writers are being upset about that. The media is being pushed over. Some of the rooms are out. Um, People are finally starting to understand what the parking fees are about. People are finally understanding what the hotel fees are about. Um, I'm hearing a lot of complaints. And the last time that I heard these kind of complaints, it was Jacksonville. If you remember that Super Bowl in Jacksonville, and I have no connection to Jacksonville either. Um, And you heard those, those rumblings. Everyone's upset. The town isn't built for this. This is not a good situation. What's going on? And that generally goes down as the worst venue for a Super Bowl. I'm hearing a lot of the same things for Vegas. And I need your your on the boots, on the ground kind of idea of, is there any fluidity to this? Is, is there any um, anything that, that can change over the next week to make people feel differently? Or do you just completely disagree with them? I disagree in the fact that I sit in the same a profession as these people that are giving you these these uh these statements these ideas it's the media right this super bowl is not for the media yes it is but no it's not and when it comes to fans and support and how many people are going to be uh at this game th- they will have it here again no doubt about it mark my words i know they're already dolled out what four or five more years but it'll be back tom there's no way they're not this is the entertainment capital of the world this has the most hotels, dining. You, there's concerts going on. It's a fiasco. It's a, a fiasco for the fan. And uh, I think the people that are just making this are the guys you just said that are mad that they're staying at the Excalibur rather than uh, Mandalay Bay or MGM. I think that's where it's coming from. And I know they dictate a lot of the perception out there in the world. But trust me, Tommy, I've you and you as well. You've dealt with the same type of media people. They think they're bigger than they are, and uh, I disagree. I think that the Super Bowl will be here many, many times. Yeah, you, you know, that that's why I wanted to ask you, because I don't like to bring up bad things. But listen, if this was being taken place in Jacksonville and we were having the conversation or, uh, you know, anywhere, uh, and I heard the same rumblings, I would bring it up. So I can't be hesitant to bring it up just because, uh, you know, we're on in this town. Um, I, I think that people just think about what Las Vegas was 15, 20 years ago. I do. I, th- I think that that's their mindset. Their mindset of, great, we get free comps, we get free food. We get No, no, no. The traffic is bad. We know that. The The boardwalk is, is you know, shut down. Well, I call it the boardwalk. I shouldn't call it. Uh, <laughs> the strip is shut down a little bit. We know that. The, the prices on the hotels are expensive. We know that. I mean, all of these things I don't think are, are very surprising. And the last time that I was um, there for a big event, I was there for the baseball winter meetings, if you remember. I thought it went off without a hitch. I've been to baseball winter meetings. I thought it was, by far, the best done event. Now, again, granted, that was a, a little while ago, uh, but I couldn't speak highly enough of how well Vegas handled that, how great it was. So I'm hearing a lot of people not happy with the way that Las Vegas is going about the, the Super Bowl. And I just, again, I needed to verify from you who would tell the listeners the truth? Who would tell everybody the truth? Um, you know, are you okay with how things are being handled? And maybe the next week will change people's minds. Maybe it's the initial impact 
that kind of has people a little bit shocked and then we'll move on from there. I, I think the thing with Vegas though is right, Tom, that, and I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on it or, or heard the stories that the tickets for this game are, they're just, it's astronomical. Yeah. You have the Vegas effect added into that price. So resellers are, are it, it's, I think the cheapest seat, and I don't know what you saw, the cheapest seat I found, it's like eight grand, which is crazy. Right. When you think about that, and it's not the common folk that are going to the Super Bowls, Tom. It's the people that are rich, right? People that have money, disposable money, or businesses that get the comps, or the, the big fishes or the whales, right? So I don't think it affects normal people, I'll put in that aspect of it, because they're not going to the game anyways. So this is all about the media portraying that they're unhappy through through their their print or their their sound or however else they do it yeah i'll tell you a funny story um just to give you perception ideas you know so my first job ever um that i ever ever did you know live i always talk about i I covered the bill belichick for the jets hiring that was the first live event i ever did um but but for this 1996 season I was in the Yankees locker room, right? 96, 97. I was in the Yankees locker room and I didn't travel with the team. I only did locker room stuff and up in the media room. And I remember either my first or second time being up in the media room in the, in the press box. And, um, you know, they had a great spread, great spread of food, uh, but they charged, they charged money. George charged money. Steinbrenner, you know, say what you want. It was dollar here, $2 there. I thought it was great. I thought it was wonderful. And all I remember is every single person in the press box bashing it. Horrible, horrible combinations. What is this? This is terrible. What are we doing? I mean, bashing it. And me, didn't know any better, thought to myself, wow, that's crazy. A couple of years went by. I started to go to other press boxes, Seattle, Boston, around the country. And I started going, wow, the Yankees outdid themselves a million percent. They they crush everybody. And I came to realize the reason why they hated the press box and the way that the media was treated at Yankee Stadium was not because they didn't have a good spread of food, not because they didn't give us a packet of the right information, not because we weren't sitting in plush seats and great atmosphere. It was because they didn't want to pay a dollar or two, and that was the only press box in the country that charged. So they hated it. And I think that maybe that's kind of the the way that Vegas is going about this, right? You can't tell me that the, that the, the, the weather is any worse than anywhere else. No way. You can't tell me that the traffic is worse than L.A. No, no chance. You can't tell me, you know, the viability, the accessibility. None of that is worse. Maybe you're just a little upset that the media is being pushed off to a smaller hotel uh, or maybe the fees are parking or whatnot, because that had happened to me in real time. And I think it's a good correlation story. We have some of the most spoiled media in this city, Tom. Guys I don't know, guys I do know, stories I've heard, stories from people that I truly respect that do this, and they are spoiled because I don't know why. That's that's the thing. and it, it, It's a bad look on people that, like you and I, when we uh, say we're media, that, that spin has become uh, bad for Vegas. That's the way I look at it. And, you know, it's a shame. It really is because the media thinks they deserve this, 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 and this. It shouldn't really ever be that way. You know what? I'm grateful any event I go to that there is, say, Tommy, like you said, free food or free drinks. I, that's that's wonderful to me. 
I'm just as happy if I'm hungry to go upstairs and buy something from a concession stand. But you know what? If they want to take care of the media, wonderful. But you should never expect that. Just like you should never expect that uh, your hotel room at MGM is not available, so they're going to put you in the Excalibur and you get all pissed off about it and you write a story about it. That's, that's to me, that's abuse of, of the power that you have, and it's a shame. And I'm not even saying that's local media. That's media no, in general, Tom. not local at all. No. But they're, they're, they're jaded, right? Media across the country is jaded. They get so much of this, so much of that. They expect this. They expect that. And um, I think that's fake news, Tom. It really is. Yeah. Well, what, what do they expect? Like a room at like Bellagio, Venetian? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Not for nothing. I heard, you know, oh, oh, oh going to uh, Excalibur. And I was like, oh, it's perfect for the walking distance. You can go to four, you know, the four corners right there. I love it. You jump on the tram. You go down to Mandalay. I'm thinking about the upside. And uh, you've seen the same stories that I, that, that I have seen. What about the game itself, though, Tim? Let, let's move over the positive of it. Um, the game opened up at two and a half. Very quickly fell to two. My assumption was that this game was going to get to a one. I said that. I put it out there. Uh, at, at Sports Garden Network, I told you, talked about it here. My assumption as a professional handicapper, understanding lines, I thought this was going to get to one. At last check in the three major sports books in the country, 70% or more is coming in on the Chiefs. The line just went back up to two and a half. Um, you know, I, I know we have reverse line movement and all that, but the same thing happened when they played the first time, and we know what happened in, in that game. The same kind of thing happen in that situation. So I don't read line moves and I'm not a line move kind of guy, but I do find it intriguing that all the money is coming in on the Chiefs. Obviously the hype is coming in on the Chiefs. We know what's coming in on the Chiefs, yet the line moved back to San Francisco being a two and a half point favorite. Um, are you reading into any of this or are you just saying, who cares? It's a half a point. I'm not worried about it. No, I, I think it's probably where it should be, right, Tom? In fact, I was going to say, is this where we bring up what we talked about before, the dreaded pros versus Joes theory, Tommy, that uh, all the fans are over one side and then all the so-called sports betting experts are on the other side? Yeah, yeah, pros, Joes, yeah. But, but again, sports betting experts, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think, that I think word... the line... Go ahead, Tim. I was going to say, I think the line is half a point either way. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's kind of where it should be. And uh, I think the total is probably right where it should be as well. I think they, they pretty much nailed it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that word expert, I could probably do a two-hour show on what it has decreased down to. There was a giant, <laughs> massive Twitter battle between some prominent people in the sports betting media. Um, people bashing, you know, women in the sports betting media, people bashing, you know, uh, other people, people just going back and forth. And a lot of a lot of people got very involved, and I got asked many many times in my DMs. I got asked, you know, what's your take on this? What do you think? Um, it, the the word expert is being very, <laughs> very very uh, widely used. Ninety percent of these people are not experts. They're experts at marketing. They're experts at content creation, but they're not experts at sports betting. Uh, they're entertaining. In some cases, they're good looking. Um, yes. but that doesn't mean they're experts, but I can say that about a lot of things. And this is where I defend it. I can say that a lot of, about a lot of subjects, Tim, if I'm watching the weather channel, um, not all of them are going to be weather experts. They're going to have some understanding, but they're not all going to be weather experts. Some are there because they look good. 
Some of them because they're good on camera. Some of them because, um, you know, they relate to the audience. You turn on a news program. You think the, that the, the, all of the news programs have nothing? All you got to do is turn on CNN. Uh, all of the news programs have the biggest and brightest on there? No. A lot of this is because of ratings, because of content creation and whatnot. So the word expert is being tossed around. <laughs> the word expert is being attached to stuff. So I had been asked, and I said I was going to address this on the air. Uh, my opinion of sports betting expert, and it's just my opinion, is very much this. If, if When you're talking about expert, everybody could give advice. And any advice is good advice because it's up to the person to kind of decide what, what is the real advice. So that's fine. But expert, in my opinion, is this, Tim. And I think this is fair. Tell me if this, this works. You make the majority of your income from betting on sports. The end. If you're making $200,000 a year as a great content creator and you're betting 10 bucks a game, 20 bucks a game, guess what? You're not a sports betting expert. You're, you're a content creation expert. If you are out there, uh, you know, being a guy that has a, a nine to five job and you're a lawyer and you're making, you know, $150,000 a year and you're putting 50 bucks on, on a game every now and then and you're giving advice, you're not a sports betting expert. You're a lawyer first and you're doing this as a side hustle. There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't call yourself an expert unless the bulk of the money that you bring in comes from betting on sports. Are you a <clears throat> marketing expert? Are you a social media expert? Sure doesn't mean you're a sports betting expert and you and I which is funny because we we literally when we talk it's either voice text it could be messenger it could be uh, X messenger it's crazy that how we'll talk when we talk it could be in numerous ways but we always joke about uh, certain sports handicapping expert Tom that literally every time we send something back and forth it's a loss I've, I haven't seen the last time that this person has won a bet that this person has given out over on social media, but you've already brought in some of the attributes that maybe people defend that person because they're more thinking with another head, if you know what I'm saying, right? So yes. I, obviously social media expert, marketing expert, whatever you want to call it, but that's just the way it's become nowadays. And anybody, Tom, right, anybody can be an expert because they say they're an expert. They're, you don't have to have proof to be an expert anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an expert. I'm this. I'm not. I see people taking out, they took out you know, copyrights on, on sports betting name tags and, and slangs and things like that. And it's like, good for you. You're, you're a much better marketing than I've ever been. I wish I could do that. You know, I wish, I wish a lot of things, but you're not a better sports better than me. <laughs> you know, right. there is, there is that conversation, you know, um, when we asked to show our numbers and I could say, okay, I'm easily found as being uh, a 66%, I'm 44 and 23 with three pushes this year in college basketball. I'm hitting 66% in college basketball. And people go, oh, yeah, well, I know somebody that's hitting 85%. Really? Where? They marketed much better than me because yeah. you heard about them. <laughs> Nobody heard about me. But they're not winning more. They're not doing more. So, yeah, I think that that certainly ties hand in hand. I don't know if you saw that big battle, but – Everybody in this space really, really, really put their two cents in. So I did kind of want to address it since we are talking. You brought up the word expert. And I was looking for a, a person to kind of step in and talk about the, the word expert in this field. Um, you know, sports betting, people in sports betting world are almost becoming like the news media where they're pandering to exactly what they want. They could be wrong as much as they want. They're just not going to show it on their network kind of thing. And it is what it is. Do you think that 
so we're sitting at two and a half, 47 and a half. Does this get to three? Does it go back down to two? I mean, if you're looking for the quote unquote Tommy best number, is this going to move or is it pretty much where it's going to be? I really believed it was going to get down to one. I thought the Kansas City hype, the Kansas City money, the Swifty money, whatever you want to call it, the, the fact that Patrick Mahomes is an underdog, I thought it was going to get down to one. I did. Um, I don't think so anymore. I think I think it may fall back down to two, but I don't think it ever gets to a one range, and I certainly don't think it gets up to three. I'm not sure if you're ever going to be able to find a three all week. I think we're pretty set. Uh, depending on the book that you're shopping at, at two, two and a half, I think it might get down to, you know, maybe you could catch a one out there, but probably one and a half or two. This is it. I mean, this is the number. And reality is, is you either like San Francisco and they're going to cover by two or three, or you like Kansas City and they're going to win the game outright. Yeah. If you like the Chiefs, though, Tom, you could buy the you could buy to the three. You you can buy it, and I would tell you, do not do that. <laughs> I, you know, you look at the last uh, 20 Super Bowls, I think, like, I don't have the number in front of me, and I really should. I'm sorry. I'm not prepared. But the last, like, 20 Super Bowls, something like three or four have been decided by the spread. If, if the Chiefs are going to win, they're going to – I mean, they're going to cover. They're going to win. Yeah. Right? So just don't buy points. Don't give the, the book more money. Just don't buy points, especially under three. You don't want to buy it to three. You know, just take it. I, I just take it where it is. And as a matter of fact, you don't even want the two and a half points. If you like the Chiefs, don't even take the two and a half points. You take the money line. Yeah. And, do, and do not take San Francisco money. I see people taking San Francisco money line. What are you nuts? Don't take San Francisco <laughs> money line. Lay the two. Right. What do you think the week does? The week off. I know we've talked about this in years past, but they tried to throw the Vegas effect into it. But I, I'm sure you've already seen as well. So the teams aren't even staying on the strip. They're staying off strip. Uh, I want to say it was Kansas City. It was it Kansas City that? They're not allowed to be caught gambling at all, or in. I don't remember exactly the exact nature of it, but they tried to make a story of it when it wasn't. Do you feel that this week? I mean, you get the rest factor that gets to play in, but distractions I don't think are going to be an, an issue, Tom. It's more of um, it's just an extra week off, and and they're going to be ready to go come Sunday. Yeah, the one thing I would say are both of these teams are very well coached. They're also very well coached by coaches that I don't want to say they are hard-nosed coaches. I don't want to say they're disciplinarians because they're not. They're both sort of known as player coaches, but both coaches that we really haven't had a lot of problems, right? I mean, the Chiefs have been here before. San Francisco's been here before. We haven't had a lot of problems. I don't expect a lot of problems. With that being said, I think one of the vastly underrated aspects of this game is that Andy Reid gets an extra week to prepare. We know Andy Reid is legitimately, this is not an opinion, this is fact, the greatest head coach in the history of football off of a bye week. We know that. So how much does that correlate in here? You can tell me, well, you know what? He's lost some Super Bowls. Yeah, he has. Absolutely. And he had a bye week during the Super Bowl. Yeah, of course. But it still has to sit in the back of your head, doesn't it, Tim? That Andy Reid is getting an extra week to prepare. And you can tell me, well, Shanahan's getting an extra week to prepare as well. Yeah, I get it. Um, but he doesn't have the after bye week record hovering above his head the way that Andy Reid does. Tim Unglesby, Tom Barton, Heat Wave Sports. Let's bring it up Super Bowl 58 here in Las Vegas next Sunday. And Tom, looks like the Super Bowl preview show with the cast and characters of Heat Wave Sports may be right there where Mateo is tonight in the new Fox Sports Radio studio. I think oh, that's unless, cool. 
Yeah, I think unless some something happens here in the next couple of days and all of a sudden we have a, a quick remote, which I don't believe is going to happen, we were going to be sitting all in the same room with Mateo doing our show. And, of course, Tommy, you'll be on the horn. But everybody, uh, you know, the tradition stands no matter where we're at, Tom. We're, we're going to do the big show. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, Abby asked me this week, she, she said uh... – I have a lot to say about this game. Are you guys going to ask me on again? I said, yeah, of course. I said, it's the Super Bowl. She goes, you know, every year, I, I love that show. I really just love that. I said, you know, we get the most comments about the show. We, um, you know, we have the most fun on that show. There are times, Tim, where I feel every single year where the Super Bowl show goes off the rails and it goes completely off the rails. And then the next day I'll get a text or two from some of the listeners that go, I remember that part, that this and this. Oh, that was the best part. And I'm like, Oh man, we try. That's the part that I thought was going off the rails. So yeah, I, I think our Super Bowl show is renowned for being um, <laughs> probably the best one of the year. Yes, you and never it's know. Funny because people, but I was I was sitting in meetings, Tim, years ago when I was uh, working with Sports Garden Network, and then they asked me about about the Fox Sports Show and um, Heat Wave Sports and the tenure of it, and I said, yeah, you know, they said, well, for the Super Bowl show, you bring out a bunch of guests, and I said, yeah, what we do. Kind of make a reunion of the Heatwave Sports crew. And we really do pander to the actual listeners, the real listeners. We bring back, you know, board ops and past guests and all. And they said, you know, that's so unique because everyone's got celebrities on. Everybody's got this. We just don't do that. And we could, listen, I could break out my roll decks and get anybody we want on, right? Um, but we don't because what we do for the Super Bowl show is unique. And it really does kind of adhere to the listeners that we have, which I, I think is us giving back to them in a way. I put the, I put the uh, the bug in the ear, Tommy. I, I said, Ron, we need, we need you to, to make a call this year. You haven't been on in a couple of years now. Everybody asks about you. You got to stay up, man. You can't be crashing out early. You got to be on the Super Bowl show. And I think maybe, Tommy, maybe he's gonna he's gonna actually make a phone appearance this year. I'm hoping. So, uh, I hope so too. yeah, I hope so too. Uh, Ron, Ron was on a streak for a while there when he would just crush the Super Bowl. Ron yeah. was a, a let's just call him a below average uh, prognosticator <laughs> during the year. Um, but come playoff time, man, Ron, Ron stepped his game up and then the Super Bowl, he, he would just crush it and he would just come out. It wasn't that he would just, uh, you know, pick the game, it was almost out of thin air and he would say, uh, I, I don't know. Oh, oh, I'm up. Hold on. Uh, 28-17. And the game would end like 30-17. You're like, Ron, are you kidding me? You know, that he was real good at the Super Bowl, so I hope we can get his pick again. So either way, Tommy, Saturday night, next week, Super Bowl preview show, me and you, uh, I'm assuming Brian Feldman from Out of Line, 8 a.m., right there, right here on Fox Sports Radio, Chris Wynn, Armando Vasquez, hopefully Ron Natty, Steve Roy, the list goes on and on. Abby Barton. List goes on and on. Uh, Maddie V. Zach. We gotta get yeah. him on. Yeah, yep. Hopefully, the listeners out there they want to call in the Fernandos of the world, the Patrick Herberts. I miss Fernando. Where's Fernando been? Fernando, if you're listening, where are you, man? Yeah, he. We always love a little banter with him. Our good buddy. Our buddy. Our our buddy in Chicago, Joe. He doesn't call in, but you know he's going to be uh, listening in. He's, yeah. a, he's a good friend of the show as well. Maybe some Rob Mish. I mean, there's plenty of guys that we can have on to give their predictions and analysis of the game and 
We'll do that next Saturday night at 10 o'clock right here on Fox Sports Radio. So let's uh, – And real quick, Tim, before before we take a break, because I know we have to take a break, um, for those that are saying, you know, this is my first time listening or whatnot, over the last five years, and it's only been five years since I've kind of been keeping track, over the last five years, we have absolutely crushed it with the picks. I mean, everybody, because we're not only giving the pick, the, the picks are, you know, where, where you expect them to be a little over 50, 50, but the prop plays, we usually give a prop play or we throw out something that they are crushing it. Tim. Well, I mean, the, the guest picks people that, that are just throwing out, Oh, I kind of like this absolutely on fire with those things as well. So it's not just a, a fun show. We're, we're going to make you some money. If you listen in. Yes, we will get the prop play. Everybody gets a free, everybody has a prediction of the game or the total, and then everybody gives out a prop play. So that's the fun thing about having the crew together because it's uh, a lot of guys you've heard over the years and a lot of guys, like you said, Tom, that have made you money if you bet smart or even if you just do it for fun, it's just a chance to make money. And that's that's the name. That's the, the best part of watching the game is you're making money at the same time. When we come back, we're going to fade away from football because that's all about next week. And we'll move over to the court, some college basketball, some great, Great rivalry game today. We'll go over that with Tom as well as Major League Baseball in hour number two. It's Heat Wave Sports here on a Saturday night, Fox Sports Radio. Back at it here on a Saturday night, Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Tim and Tom. And Tom, I forgot on the way out we were going to shift gears, but I wanted to uh, talk to you about the NFL coaching changes. This is pretty much have them all in place now. And a couple more happened this week since we last talked on Sunday. So before I go team by team, let's just say overall, what are your thoughts on the NFL coaching changes for the upcoming season? I think that this is maybe the weirdest coaching carousel I've ever seen in my life, Tim. We have a coaching carousel where nearly uh, double-digit coaches were changed. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Mike Vrabel were not among them. Neither were, were was Eric Bieniemy. Neither was Ben Johnson. If you would have told me that we were going to have uh, what, what what was there eight, in total eight, we were going to have eight coaching changes, and at the end of the cycle, if you would have told me, I, I'm not talking about before the year. If you would have told me in January, if you would have told me two weeks ago, there's going to be eight coaching changes, and Belichick, Carroll, Vrabel. The enemy and Ben Johnson all will not have jobs. I would have called you crazy. I think it's the most uninspiring coaching carousel that we've had in a very long time. I think it's one of the, some of uh, the worst decision-making that I've seen in a long time. And it's the first time that I could remember um, in a very, very long time, Tim, the very first time that maybe ever, I want to say ever, I just don't recall that I've looked at this situation and I've said, there's about three or four teams that are going to make a change in the midseason to go get one of these coaches. Like, that that's what I'm looking at. Oh, wow. They're waiting until midseason. They're going to go jump on them. Um, or, oh, that guy's just a placeholder. I think we have about, I would say, half of the hirings, Tim. I don't expect to be there in two years. I mean, including Las Vegas, by the way. I don't expect yeah. them to be there in two years. It's weird. We have offensive coordinators pulling out, like Cliff Kingsbury. It's strange. We have Ben McDonald. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Detroit's uh, offensive coordinator, uh, Ben Johnson. 
where the team is saying, well, he didn't interview well, and him basically saying, yeah, they they offered me only a two year contract. We have it, it was it has just been unusual in a very weird and bad way. I don't know what's going on with the coaching hirings. I disagree with most of them. I don't understand a lot of them. And I think that I'm not in a minority. We touched on what had happened before this week's. We touched on the Raiders and Pierce. We touched on Jared Mayo in, in New England. We did the Canal in, in Carolina, Raheem Morris with Atlanta. We all did not like those at all. Um, we thought Harbaugh, slam dunk, right? That had to be done. So what are your thoughts on the ones that happened since then? How about Washington? You just said Ben Johnson uh, pulled his name out. They still wanted to talk to Aaron Glenn. I don't know what happened with that. They had decided to go with Dan Quinn from Dallas. Yeah, Dan Quinn doesn't make any sense. Um, Dan Quinn has proven in this league that he is, a, 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 at, the, at the very least, a very efficient defensive coordinator. I know a lot of people are going, oh, man, look at what happened to him at the end of the year. Um, uh, you know, okay. Well, but he's a, a, an efficient defensive coordinator. I think if he sat there and, and was a defensive coordinator for a team this year, we would have said, okay, it's fine. Perfectly okay. It's all great. Uh, but the reality is, is head coach, placeholder, Tim. Placeholder. Uh, that, that's what I'm looking at. You look at Dan Quinn and his resume says nothing more than placeholder, does it? I, I mean, what do we, what, what does he bring? And I'm just throwing out uh, names here. And I, I don't want to go down the, the Belichick route or the Pical because maybe they have age issues. What does he bring that Mike Vrabel doesn't? Yeah. Right. He, I, I mean, honestly, what are we, what, what are we doing? I'll tell you what he brings, Tom. He brings a one of the, the biggest collapses in Super Bowl history to the table. And then after making it to the Super Bowl, right? So he makes it to the Super Bowl with Atlanta. That's great. He doesn't go back and has a record under 500 before he's fired two years later. That's what he brings. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that I think we'd be ripping him apart. But does Raheem Morris bring any more to the table than Dan Quinn? Does Jared no. Mayo bring any more to the table than Dan Quinn? Does Mike McDonald bring any more to the table than Dan Quinn? Does you know Brian Callahan or Dave Canales bring any more to the table than Dan Quinn? Callahan, Canales, McDonald, Mayo, Morris, Pierce, and Quinn. Seven hires that I would expect five of them not to last three years. Right. Quinn, Quinn, yeah. Quinn was 26 and 40. 26 and 40 when he was the head coach, by the way. And I think you're right with the, the Carroll Belichick situation is there's probably a control issue there with definitely with Belichick. There's no doubt about that. And what owner is going to tell their GM that, hey, you're with the GM, but he calls the shots. So there's, that's always going to be an issue. And in Washington, from years past, we know that that's always been an ownership problem there. But – the, at least on the Callahan, Tommy, the Callahan who comes out of the Bengals OC spot and the McDonald, which was the Ravens DC, they at least don't have a past of failing. They're going to get that opportunity now to do that. And I feel that those guys went into better situations than than uh, Washington is. Dan Quinn was just basically 
who's out there that we can just pick up, right, Tom? And uh, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get through a year and see who we can bring in at that point. But if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you have just done that already? Why Why is Eric Bieniemy not the head coach in Washington, right? Why Why is uh, Why is Bill Belichick not the head coach in Washington? Why is Pete Carroll not the head coach in Washington? And we just went over the reasons maybe why. But Dan Quinn, it's just we're going to be talking about the, the head coaching job again in a year or two. It's It's, it's inevitable there. Well, Tim, and let's look at the coaches right here because I don't want people to say, oh, you just don't like any of it. Listen, it's a matter of fit, right? So we go down Quinn. There was obvious, just a, a realistic viewpoint about Washington. They're going to get a top three pick, which means they're going to get pro- – I mean, they, they may land Caleb Williams, right? They very well may. They're going to need an offensive coordinator. They go out, they get a retread defensive coordinator. That's a problem. Brian Callahan in Tennessee, you fired Mike Vrabel for this guy? Dave Canales. Okay, Bryce Young looks like a failure. Is Dave Canales the guy to fix that? Mike McDonald, you said it. Listen, Mike McDonald hasn't failed yet. He's a hot name. I get it. Uh, It's a veteran team, though, in Seattle. Are they going to be able to work with him? Raheem Morris, I've gone over him before. Antonio Pierce, you went over your thoughts on him. And Jared Mayo, the question's... From his own ex-teammates word, can he handle the spotlight? And he makes racist comments the first time he gets a camera in front of his face. I mean, this guy's going to be a washout immediately. So it's not that I don't like the coach. In a lot of cases, I just don't like the fit, and I don't I don't grasp the understanding. You know, if, you are, if you're Tennessee, do you really believe that Callan's taking you to the promised land that Vrabel couldn't get you to? If you're Dave Canales and you need one man to fix Bryce Young, is he the guy? Mike McDonald in Seattle, are, are you not worried that young guys are going to take uh, you know, direction from him and be okay with it. Ryan Morris, Dan Quinn, retreads, retreads, Antonio Pierce. Do you think he's going to take this team to the next level? I mean, these are the questions that are absolutely out there. If you want to tell me one or two of these guys are going to succeed, maybe a McDonald does well. Maybe a Canales finds something. Sure. Okay. Maybe one or two of them succeed. This coaching cycle is going to have a lot of washouts, Tim. There's one more report I wanted to bring up to you and I've seen this uh, actually talked about in in many different articles and Chicago Bears hold your team Tommy the Chicago Bears hold the number one pick in the draft and the dilemma was do you take one of the three quarterbacks that everybody's hot after the the Williams the May the Daniels or do you go with Justin Fields who you invested in um, essentially what do you do in this spot? You have Washington at two. You have New England at three. Apparently, Minnesota and, and the, the Las Vegas Raiders potentially could be players in moving up to so they could grab one of these quarterbacks. The hottest rumor and the most consistent rumor I keep seeing and reading is that the Bears are going to draft Caleb Williams. Do you hear different back east, and do you think that's the right decision? I do hear different. Um, Caleb Williams' campus all but made it very clear that they don't want to be drafted by the Bears. Um, This is starting to sound almost like an Eli Manning situation where they don't want to outright say it, but he doesn't want to go there. And it's clear that he doesn't want to go there. I was fully convinced Justin Fields was gone. The Caleb Williams situation, Bears fans don't want him. He doesn't want to go there. The coaching staff doesn't necessarily want him because they're comfortable with Justin Fields. The players don't want him. The only person that wants him is very potentially the owner. And guess what? That could win out. 
this has the makings of a disaster if the Bears do select Caleb Williams. And if they don't, maybe they miss out on another Mahomes. We don't know. Um, but I am hearing everything that says the Chicago Bears don't want him. The players don't want him. He doesn't want to go there. The fans don't want him. And it could get real dicey really fast. My old thing has always been this. You know, if you trade Justin Fields, you could probably get a second rounder. If you trade Caleb Williams, you might be able to get a ridiculous, ridiculous haul back. And if you could get the kind of haul uh, trading down maybe four or five picks, getting another first rounder next year, maybe a second rounder and another. I mean, if you could get that kind of haul, the Bears need that. You have to make that move, even if this guy is as great as people think he's going to be. I still am 50-50. I still believe that there is a lot to be said that Caleb Williams will be drafted there. But where there's smoke, there's fire, Tim, and I'm not sure if he goes. Why would Caleb Williams not want to go to Chicago, though? What, what, is, what, are, what are they saying are the reasons why? He, he wants, look, he wants things in place. If you remember, the rumors had come out that he wants partial ownership in a team and this nonsense, right? Um, I, I think he understands. Forget about the football aspect of it. Brand recognition is going to be there in Chicago, right? I mean, you could build that up. Winning, yeah, he's got pieces around him. He could win in Chicago. Coaching staff, all right, maybe he doesn't love the coaching staff, but but that's okay. What does Chicago do, though, that would turn away a guy that has already stated he wants a, a partial ownership of a team? What do they have? Some of the cheapest owners in the history of the sport. The McCaskies are cheap. They don't spend. They're historically uh, bad owners, we'll say. And I think that Williams would know that if he really wants to build this up like that. Well, that will be the, the next. That's April. And you know how things go, Tom. It's generally down to the wire before we see what happens. But I think the Bears, like you said, are in a position where they, they with the DJ Moore uh, fiasco, they were able to grab this number one. They had their own pick as well as they've moved to it's further down, right? So you're right. They can probably pull off the Latanza the, the heist if they really wanted to. And uh, that's something you have to definitely look at. Washington and New England, Tommy, they're just kind of sitting there. I think they're happy with whatever quarterback falls to them, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think there's going to be somebody that moves up, though, Tim. Somebody that absolutely goes crazy. You you have a, a draft where we could see five or six quarterbacks taken in the first like dozen picks. Tim. And and knowing how I feel about Raiders ownership, Tom, that may be a option there that a guy like Mister Davis will overpay for one of these arms, and uh, that just seems to be the, the Raider way now, the Las Vegas way, Tom. How how much do you think the Bears could get, Tim? I just gave you my scenario. I think I think they could get first-rounder this year, first-rounder in 2025, mm-hmm. and two second-rounders, maybe 25-26. I, I think they could get that. Maybe, they, maybe it's a second and a third. I've heard they could get as many as three first-rounders. I've read that. What do you think is a legitimate kind of haul back for Caleb Williams? I think he's overvalued, but I get it. I know what you're saying. And 
so automatically you get the one this year that you're trading to whoever you get their one i think you get a 25 one and i think you get a 26 two and i think that's that should be for me that's still a great haul and i think that's probably very doable for many many teams that would give that up tommy do you think it's worth it then i don't though i don't i may be wrong because I've been wrong before. I just don't see him as being a difference maker in the NFL. And maybe I'm not the armchair guy to think of. I think Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Caleb Williams long term. But it is what it is, man. I don't know. And if I were you being a fan, Tommy, I already know how you feel because you've told me privately and on air. There's other. There's another guy in that draft class you like better anyways. But if you're going to do this and move the pick, you get, you, you're stuck with Fields. But I think I don't know, man. When I watch Justin Fields play, I see so much there. And then sometimes it just scratches my head because there's like a regression and I don't get it. And maybe he just needs another season is what I'm thinking. And I think it's too soon to move on from him. I The way the Bears played in the second half, if I was a fan, I, w- I would think that would be positive and I would be looking forward to another season now. Yeah, and I would say this, and I say this often, um, I don't believe that the Chicago Bears are a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. And in my opinion, you should always be thinking Super Bowl, not playoffs. Justin Fields can get you to the playoffs. I fully believe that. Is Justin Fields going to win you the Super Bowl? Not with the team constructed as it is right now. No. Is Caleb Williams going to get you a Super Bowl? Not with the team constructed as it is right now. But if you go get Justin Fields three number ones and you get him, let's just say for – for, for you know purposes, of, the Bears keep their one. So you go get him. Bowers, the tight end. You go get him. Harrison, wide receiver this year. Next year, you go get an offensive lineman in the first round and your own, and you spend a little. In three years, I don't care if Caleb Williams or Justin Fields is the starting quarterback. In three years, doing this the right way, Bears could be a Super Bowl team. So you have a window here of immense talent, and you can build on that. Right now, Neither one of them are Super Bowl uh, quarterbacks. Neither one of them are with the roster currently in place. In three years, if you build it the right way, both of them can be. But you have a better chance of building that roster with Justin Fields as opposed to Caleb Williams. Yeah, and I've told you I thought that the move is, for me, there's no option B. The move is trade the pick, uh, screw over whoever you can to get what you can get out of that, and take Marvin Harrison that that's who you go get, but in order to do that, Tommy, you got to move, you got to move back only what one or two picks because Harrison's gone before pick three, right, or after pick three. So they would have to make a move. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah, you don't want to drop out of the top even two or three. I think I think it goes Williams, May, Harrison. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Daniels, right? Daniels is going to come in somewhere close after that, I believe. So. Would would Washington or New England, Tom, be so jumpy at the opportunity to get Williams that they would give you a good haul and only move up one or two spots? I, I think that is the absolute scenario. Now, look, that was the scenario I talked about overall. I think that Washington's going to move up. They're going to get their guy. They're going to get their franchise. They're, they're starting – Basically, with new ownership, they're starting with a clean slate. They're starting with a new head coach. But then they go out and hire uh, a defensive coordinator. I thought that was their plan, Tim. I thought all along that that was the plan. 
that's exactly what was going to happen. Thought Washington was going to be the team to move up. And now I don't know what they're doing. Look, this this is an organization that has screwed up generally everything. <laughs> right. I mean, they constantly screw everything up. So I, I'm not sure. If you if they would have went out there, Tim, if Ben Johnson was their head coach today, I would have told you they're gonna trade for Caleb, Caleb Williams. I, I really believe that. I think that they, they go all in, new head coach. Here we go. New offensive coordinator, new head coach, new offensive mindset, put a new guy in there. Here we go. Uh, but now, I, I don't know. I don't I don't understand their hiring. If they were gonna go get Caleb Williams, it doesn't make any sense. Real quick before the timeout, I, I looked up uh, future Super Bowl sites, Tom. So Super Bowl 58, obviously, here in Las Vegas, Elysian Stadium. Super Bowl 59 will be February 9th next year in New Orleans at the Superdome. Super Bowl 60, February 8th, 2026, at the home of the 49ers, Levi Stadium, Santa Clara. And then Super Bowl 61 will stay in California and be at SoFi again. So we'll be back at SoFi, home of the Chargers and the Rams, Tommy. And that Super Bowl will be held on Valentine's Day, February the 14th, 2027. Oh, yeah, that won't cause any relationship problems. None. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no relationship problems. At all. Oh, we're getting married? After the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. So you see... It's uh, very West Coast friendly here. The last, if you take these four in this quadrant and look at the last couple of years, it's been a very West Coast thing. I know it's a weather situation too, right, Tom? Unless you're playing indoors. I, I hate it. I've said all along, I, I hate the fact that we have these two. I understand why. I want a Super Bowl in Green Bay, though. I'm not a Packers fan. I want a Super Bowl in Green Bay. I, I want I want snow game. I don't care. I, I hate domes i can't stand this and i understand why there's too much money to do it but i mean come on you know what are we doing here and and what about dallas why why aren't we in dallas more often why aren't we in atlanta more often you know um new orleans i mean it feels like it is just the shift has come and it's never reverting back that would be part of the fun oh we're playing lambo in the super bowl this year hey that's the elements yeah you have that's, to adjust, it, right? The NFL doesn't want that. They want high flying. No. They want fling it all around. They want weather control. They don't like real yep. football. They want usher, right? They, that's what they want. So, it brings me back to a, a famous line that um, Tom Osborne said at Nebraska. And they asked him. They said, "You're always going down to in the bowl games and going down to Florida and losing the bowl games um, because you have big offensive linemen and you run the ball and you play defense, uh, but you don't have any high flyers." And they said, why don't you switch up your philosophy? And he said, because I play in a real conference, and if I did that, I wouldn't get to that game. <laughs> like, where's Tom? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he wouldn't get there because his teams wouldn't be good enough to play <laughs> you know, the physical kind of style to, to finally make it there. Well, that closes the door on football until next week's big show, Saturday night, the Super Bowl preview show with Heatwave Sports cast and crew. 